Hey! Welcome to another edition of Six Pack Cinema, and this week we are talking about A Quiet Place, starring John Krasinski and his wife Emily Blunt. Dude, you should review movies. Ugh. Oh my god, yes! <laughs> okay, I've okay. had a couple, so... <laughs> Movie review! Jimmy, what did you think of A Quiet Place? Directed by John Krasinski as well. And co-written. Oh, that's cool. This was a good movie. I liked it a lot. I am not a huge sci-fi or even huge horror film fan. So it, it, it takes like, in my opinion, a good movie for to me for me to enjoy that experience, like transcend it, you know, because I don't gravitate towards this genre. But I thought this was really well made. Super interesting concept. The attention to detail was great. I walked away. I, lo- I liked it a lot. Yeah. Uh, I, I've been tweeting about it all week since I saw it. Uh, I, I love this movie. I went in just thinking, eh, I, I'm a fan of Emily Blunt, and I like The Office, so I'd lo- I'll like this, or at least be entertained by it, and I, I fell in love with this movie. I think it's going to be in my top five for the year already, I'm saying that. Wow, we don't even have Oscar season, like, near. Yeah. If or John summer Kibuki blockbuster doesn't season. doesn't get nominated for something, either acting, directing, or writing for this, I'll be upset. Yeah. I mean, well, we'll see. It's very early. It's a lot of other movies that need to come out. But it was really good. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Signs a little bit, and it reminded me of thing. The creature reminded me of the Stranger Things creature, just the actual physical appearance of it. Yeah, I can see that a little bit. And you're you're not the only person who brought up Signs. A buddy of mine was uh, he saw it yesterday, and he was telling he was talking to me about it, and he said the tension in each scene reminded him of when he saw t- Signs back in the day. Just because even when, when the monster wasn't there, there's just so much, like, the slightest thing could go wrong. And he hadn't felt that. And I, I agree to a certain extent since Signs. Whether you love or hate that movie, the tension in that was great. I like Signs. And I thought in the, the, the cornfields and all that shit probably helped jog the memory from Signs a little bit and the creature in the cornfield. Yeah. I also thought the attention to detail on this thing was great, which reminded me a little bit of Get Out. Where it just, like, they really honed in on little details to make you understand the world a little bit. It was really good telling the story without dialogue movie. Because you couldn't have that much dialogue. So you had to tell everything without dialogue. Which is crazy. Yeah. Just, I want to see all the scenes in that basement again. So I can slowly read all the newspapers on the wall and everything Uh to see. Because I'm sure there's a whole, like, a whole other world just in those newspaper clippings that... We're not going to be able to figure out until we can go like frame by frame looking at this movie. Mm-hmm. First time I thought the tension detail was cool was the sand. That was when they were walking back and they were barefoot on sand to make less noise. Mm-hmm. I thought that was – I was like, oh, okay, I get it. This is a well-thought-out film. Yeah, I like that and I liked throughout their house there was just painted marks on the floor where they knew to step so that it wouldn't cause any creaks in the house. Yep, I like that. I didn't like how the picture frames were still on the wall, and they showed her walking through the hallway, and she fixed a picture frame, like readjusted it. <clears throat> and I thought that was foreshadowing that picture frames were going to fall off the wall, you know, mm-hmm. and cause noise. And I was like, well, that makes no sense that they even have the picture frames on the wall, allowing that risk to take place when they're so precautious with everything else. That's funny. That's the one thing that stood out to me, too, when they – when that exact scene, when she fixed the picture frame in my head, I was like, really, you're not going to take them all down. It was definitely a red herring because the way they had her fix it, 
mm-hmm. couldn't have been for anything else. Like that was just to make us think the picture frames were important. Yeah. Did you notice also in the very beginning when they're in that like CVS or drugstore or whatever picking up supplies, the entire store is for the most part picked clean except for all the snacks that come in bags like chips. Sun chips were all there. Yeah, I th- I thought that was a that was a good touch that just nobody <laughs> touched the sun chips in this world. Yep. What I now the attention to detail is great, and I'll stay on that before I move into. There were some things that I thought they could have told us more about, but we'll stay attention to detail. The lights that they knew, like these creatures messed with the light, the frequencies. Mm-hmm. So having the whole yard lit and then the lights would flash every time it was near. That was a cool detail and attention to detail. The fact they couldn't see you, like they told us that through the newspaper or like the his all his notes. It said. You know, they're blind. Yeah. Sound is the key or whatever. Mm-hmm. The waterfall scene was really well done. How he shows them that the water, you know, you can yell because it's not as loud. And then that ends up saving the baby because she dips behind and the water's dripping. And the it silent. it's louder than the baby crying. I thought that whole thing was cool. It's like a bit obvious when it happens, but it's cool when it happens. She's like, oh, the water. Yeah, for sure. For, touching on the waterfall scene. How did you feel about him not bringing the deaf girl there? Because I took away a different message than my girlfriend. So I'm wondering what you... What oh, you I haven't been. discussed it with anyone. I didn't... I thought she, he didn't bring her there because it wouldn't be rewarding for her like it would yes. for the Thank kid. You. Thank you. That's what I took away was that it was something that was going to be very... Like if he had fixed her hearing aid, he would have brought her there. So that she could understand it. But the fact that she couldn't hear anything yet, there's just, like, he wanted to share that moment with his son who could experience, like, being able to talk for the first time in years. Yep. Like, yeah, like, if they brought, if he brought her there, the son would be so happy that he can talk, and she would be like, this is the same for me. Like, nothing's different. And that would be a little bit of a down of her. That's what I took it. How did your girlfriend take it? She thought that he was still just mistrustful of her. And... Like, didn't want her off the farm. I never got that feeling at all. Like, I never... I thought they didn't play up the tension or between the two of them that much. Like, when he was like, I loved you, I, I loved you, I always loved you, I saw people say that made them cry and it was really moving. Okay, it, I well, it, teared up at that. I straight up started tearing up during that. I needed more tension before that. them where, like, he actually did show that he was angry at her. He never actually showed I, he was angry think, at her. I don't think he was angry at her ever. I think it was more he was worried her disability would like put herself and others in danger. So he was just very worried for her, which is why he didn't want her to leave the farm, especially after they lost their kid in the beginning. So, and she as a kid just mistook that. Yeah. That, at least that's what I took away from it. That no, I think you're right. It just it never like in, instilled that much in my brain that they were actually fighting or like she thought he didn't love her. Yeah. Oh no. How uh, thoughts on that first kid biting the dust? Really good technique for the film mm-hmm. to open up with that because it really set the world right away. The grocery store deserted. Okay, they're the only survivors. No foods left. Okay, and then they're really worried about sound when the girl like runs to catch the rocket when it falls. And then I think the first words are like, no, too loud by Krasinski. Mm -hmm. So just that whole first scene set up the whole world. And then 
you're in your brain, you think, okay, something tragic happened. Okay, they're really worried about this. What could it be? And then you see the monster. So it's like a payoff right away. And then after that scene, you're like, oh, shit. Okay, I'm ready. Yeah. I thought it was really like, well done. You start the movie killing off like a two-year-old, you yeah. know nobody's safe. Like that was, that was a quick and cheap but effective way to get everyone nervous, get the mm-hmm. tension up, and also feel for this family. Yeah, I agree. What I, pissed me off is that they let that kid walk behind them. Yo, bookend those kids, parents. Yeah. But, I mean, no, nobody's perfect, I feel like. that That's a stupid mistake I could see parents doing in real life. He even let his son walk behind him on the way home from the waterfall, and I was, like, yelling at the screen in my head, like, yo, put your son in front of you, dude. Yeah. I, I, I mean, know. as a parent... Well, we'll have to get Sheedy's opinion in a couple of years, Sheehan's opinion in a couple <laughs> years, when he has, like, a kid that can walk. You never put your kid behind you. Yeah, but I feel like in this world, you kind of want to go first around things in case there is a monster just standing there. I guess so. I don't know. But that, that when they're walking back from the waterfall and see that guy. Yeah, he was really good at scrunching his face up. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely. But at first, like, just for a split second, it looked like Anthony Hopkins to, for, to me. I thought it was going to be, like, a small little cameo by him. No. Did you know he was going to yell? No. I, well, I had no idea what was going to happen. I didn't know if he was going to attack them because there's that other dead body there. That was weird. So it, like, got the dead body and then left. Yeah, or I don't know if that crazy guy killed someone he was surviving with. Yeah. Because I, I also like that they showed these weren't the only survivors. That one scene at night when he is lighting the fire on top of the silo and he like looks around and you see little fires go up around like. So that's what that was. Those were all the other survivors. Yeah, I think those were all like little families or camps of people. That's cool. I didn't know that. I, I mean, I, I I thought that, but I didn't have it confirmed in well, my brain. I, I wasn't sure at first because he was just staring and there was a couple of fires, so I didn't know if that was my, the way just random the, fires. But when he turned his head and it did the panning shot and you see fires go up across, like, the countryside. Yeah. So I didn't know if he was setting, like, an elaborate, like, forest trap. Like, the way his lit, it just, like, trickled down. That's what I first thought. Like, a line of gasoline. Like, it just lit all of them. And then I was like, that can't be right. But speaking of panning, this was filmed pretty cool. There was a lot of shots where they panned to the reveal. Like... Her laying in the tub, they went by, like, the end of the tub and then slid all the way down to, like, her face and then the monster behind her and shit like that. Some cool camera work. For sure. Uh, I gotta I just, I gotta harp on it again. I'm very impressed with John Krasinski for his first directorial and writing credit. This is, for your first time doing this, for it to be a huge motion picture and get such rave reviews from, it seems like unanimous out there. I was a little thrown off because I've only ever seen him in The Office. I haven't seen any of his movie roles. Have you? Yeah, there's one movie called it's The Name of a Family. I, I like him and other stuff. But he's never done anything like this, I don't think. It's similar to Get Out in that way, too, where you have this somewhat comedic writer who writes, directs, and acts in a movie that is of a completely different genre and level of what he's done before. He's done, like, you know, kind of fun yeah, comics. Goofy roles, yeah. Yeah, it was really impressive. I do want to talk about, though, how The Office, I think that prepared John Kaczynski for this. Well, just, you've uh, you've seen The Office, obviously, and anyone listening, mm-hmm. if you haven't, I don't know how, go watch The Office. But the amount of times he pans to the camera and just conveys, like, a perfect emotion with his face in that show. Whereas in this movie, 95% of the dialogue is unspoken. 
it's either through hand signals or on their face. And I felt both he and Emily Blunt, but him especially, all the emotions they showed on their face throughout the entire film needed to be carried by them. They were, and they're married in real life, so it's just a fun experience. Like, they were awesome. Yeah. Tidbit, I was uh, listening to interviews with Krasinski this past week, and apparently he, when the, he wrote the part, he really wanted her to do it. But he's like, I'm not going to ask her because there's only two answers. Where one, she's like, yeah, I'll do your little film for you, like as a favor mm-hmm. to him. Or two, she just is like, no, I don't want to do this movie and crushes him. So he had like been – he had hired – someone else like they, they weren't like oh, really hired but that he had sent the script and been like you're gonna have this part and she nagged him enough to read the script and then she's like you need to fire our friends so that i can do this part <laughs> that's awesome she was awesome yeah she was fantastic i she's one of those actresses that if people ask me to name a really t- talented like top of the line actress i never think of her but everything she's in she's astounding yeah for sure all right, you want to talk about some things we didn't like? Mix it up a little bit. Sure. What do you got? Because I got. Nothing. I don't think that I got nothing. This isn't a major criticism at all. I just kind of wish I knew a little more background about how fast like this happened. A little background about the family itself. I'm guessing that was their farm. Did they just find that and set up there? At the first scene, she gave the little boy medicine. Mm-hmm. That never got readdressed. What was that for? I think it was just to show that like it's the so the world's still going on and people get sick and sometimes you need to get medicine. Yeah, but I feel like it was going to play back or something. Yeah, and yeah, it didn't. I, I could have seen that paying off. Uh, it didn't bother me that it didn't, but I, I get what you're saying. And yeah, I do, I do assume this is their farm, just because what are the odds mm-hmm. of them finding a farm when you have to be silent? I don't think you're going to try and move at all. And about how quick it took over, I know. When the movie started, the first title card said, like, day 63. So it would only been, like, two months. Oh, wow. Well, I yeah. thought it said day 500 at some point. It, it, they cut forward after the kid died. The kid died at, like, a couple months into this whole ordeal. Oh. How long was it after he died in between him dying and them? Like, a year? Two years? Yeah, I think, I think it showed, like, in the beginning it said day 63, and then it cut forward to, like, day 400-something. Oh, interesting. Okay. I missed the first time the yeah. days showed up. I saw the second so, time. The world went to crap very quick. Yeah. I was wanted to talk about, just with you, what do you think that w- must have been like? Like, how many creatures could have killed all those people? Because didn't they say there wasn't that many in the area? There's like three in the area? Yeah. Well, three confirmed in the area. But I mean, the world... Yeah, you you have no idea how many there are out there. If there's well, other countries p- functioning like functioning perfectly fine, and they just can't do anything to help America, and all the and like <coughs> all the animals and all the humans in the world, and these like what did that look like? Were these creatures just like robo bunnies? They just never stopped killing for like every second of every day because that's a lot of human life to be destroying in a in a month's time. What I'd like to see is, like, on the DVD when this comes out or something, is a short, like, 10 to 15 minute film. Yeah, of the beforehand. Detailing, like, the mass destruction when, like, these things come from space or wherever they come from. Yeah, I saw someone had a bunch of critiques, and one of them was, why didn't they build a house by the waterfall? 
and someone responded, well, how the fuck are they going to build a house quietly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that online, too. And, like, come on, you can't just build a house. Yes, the waterfall masks some noise, but it's not going to mount, like, a drill and setting up a fucking log cabin. Yeah, and the other one was, if guns work on the animals or creatures, why didn't the army, like, figure that out? I think they don't work most of the time. Its head was all, like, shaky from the, like, the, whatever, vibrations of the sound, the frequency. Because like one of his down. notes was that it, they have armor. So I imagine people tried to shoot them at first and it didn't do much. Yeah, makes sense. Okay. I didn't have that many complaints. I just, my only complaint is that I wanted to know more about the story. And that's not really a complaint. It's just, I, I liked it so much, I want to know more. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I feel the same way. I'm actually going to freeze frame this when it comes out to like rent online. I, I want to read all those newspapers because I feel, based on the rest of the level of detail in this story, there's going to be some cool, like interesting tidbits in there. Okay, what about the nail? We, I mean, I feel like we got to talk about the nail. That nail like, made me more anxious and set up more tension for this movie than anything else. It was a bigger villain than the creature's. Oh yeah, she doesn't step on that nail. None of this happens. I mean, I'll I'll allow that. Like a piece of laundry just lifted up a nail perfectly on a board of wood. It's pretty bizarre and, and kind of stupid, but I'll allow yeah, it because I mean, you got you got to suspend your disbelief a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I will, I will. Like I'll acknowledge that that's crazy and dumb, but I'll in the movie it worked and it built tension. I was surprised no one else ever stepped on it. Because they showed that it was still sticking up when she brought walked the kids down there. Yeah. I thought for sure the monster was going to step on it. Me too. I thought someone was going to step on it. Mm-hmm. I thought they did that really well. The whole giving birth scene was crazy. The, the time clock. Once the action got going, the movie was great. So the first act, I let's see if we break it down to the first act was in the grocery store. I thought they did a really, really good job with that and presenting the world, like I previously said. And the third act is really long and starts from the nail stepping all the way until the very end. Yeah. The middle, the waterfall, the dinner, him being downstairs doing SOS. I was getting so sleepy because there's no talking. I, I love that, though. It was just so well done and you needed that middle act to set up the last like third of the movie i couldn't have it just be like a straight action thing because it loses so much then and and the way the whole end went sequence was crazy uh and like exciting the whole time Mm -hmm. i will say that silo scene fuck that i don't want to see little kids drowning in grain ever i was like I didn't know that could happen. I'm assuming it can happen, and now I am terrified. If I ever have kids, they're never visiting a farm with a silo. If I have to rank the villains in this film, one, the nail. (laughs) Two, the silo. Three, the creatures that are going around murdering every piece of human life on the planet. Which just goes to show you how well this movie is, that just inanimate objects are creating all this tension and terror. I turned to my girlfriend during the silo scene, and I was like, yo, fuck this. I don't want to watch this. <laughs> to pivot a little bit, what did you think of the sound design of the movie? 
I had that on my list as well. Uh, it's a, it's a probably a pro- from production standpoint and post editing a sound designer's dream, Foley dream, because every noise is the main noise. You know what I mean? Usually, yeah. the creaking and the like, the clock jiggling or keys jiggling in a hand. Usually, that's drowned out by dialogue or yeah. like music. This was not. It was that was the noise, and I thought they did a really good job with it. And not only that, but I just love the couple of scenes they did from the girl's point of view where the whole movie was just deaf and you're picking up just things going on behind her or other people's reactions to things to see what's going on. I thought that was just incredible. Yep. And her being deaf and the monster being behind her and her not seeing it, but the hearing aid, like bothering it and it running away and now the audience knows but they don't know is great yeah. great writing it was a really well made movie it's really good yes although how much does it suck that they figured out this thing's weakness like 15 minutes after their dad died it does it's good movie <laughs> like making just, that that really sucks the mom's got to be like you really you couldn't turn up your hearing aid when your dad was standing there fighting the monster <laughs> um is there anything else I, I, uh, well, speaking about the deaf girl, did you know the actress is actually deaf? I did. I read that John Krasinski, I didn't read the full article, but he said he really wanted that for some reason. And I didn't, I don't, what was the reason? Do you know? Well, one, he just wanted, if there was a character with a disability, he wanted to, if possible, to get an actress to actually have that disability. And apparently, um, their sign language in the film is so well done from people who read sign language because the girl taught them as they're filming. Yeah, that's she awesome. She was the one who taught them. And the difference between John Krasinski's and Emily Blunt's characters, Emily Blunt's character signs in long, like, full, full sentences showing, like, she wants these kids to still have a life and enjoy life, where Krasinski's are very, like, short, terse responses showing he just like is worried about getting the point across and trying to survive. That's awesome. That's good Yeah, it's something that they like took into consideration and the deaf actress helped them actually learn how to do. That's awesome. I really like that. Um, would never have picked up on it because I don't know sign language, which I did. They didn't offer it at my high school. Me too. I, I walked out of the movie being like, that would be a cool skill to know. Yeah, for sure. That and piano I wish I had learned. <laughs> Well, before ratings, I want to bring back an old segment, audience reaction. Did you have any interesting audience reaction during this movie? It's a crazy movie because you have to be so quiet. Like, I re- kept reading tweets like, can't even eat the popcorn in the theater, so everyone's got to be so quiet. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, usually I find times that are, like, have a loud noise or song, and then I whisper to my girlfriend, like, my thoughts. Because I love guessing what's going to happen and thinking things out and, like, talking. But mm-hmm. we couldn't even do that. It was so so. Quiet. That one scene with the fireworks, you had to get all your thoughts out and eat all your popcorn. Oh, uh, we didn't even talk about that. That was a really cool scene. The way that the way th- that defense mechanism turning the lights red, the rockets, um, and then right. the shotgun. That was really cool. Yes, I loved all that. Let's talk about it a little bit more. But I want to rant about the fucking audience. So when I saw this movie, it was a packed theater, so you couldn't even move seats. A lady sat down behind me with her two seven-year-old daughters. Who brings a seven-year-old to this movie 
And then the kid proceeds to read every caption on the screen and ask her mom questions. I shushed them. Other people shushed them. And they just kept talking. Jeez. The entire time. And I wanted to smack a child. I was so angry. Like, who brings a kid to this type of movie? Like, look at the trailer. This isn't a kid's movie. Yeah, no. I I was furious. I want to see the movie again so I can enjoy it more. And I already loved it. That is bad uh, parenting, I guess. Yeah. I mean, like, five minutes in, you see a toddler get killed. And you think this is good for your seven-year-old? <laughs> the other the other thing I liked, and uh, this will kind of wrap it up, too, is the ending. Like, the very ending. Like, they figured it out. They have a plan. And it's go time. We don't need to see that to get resolution. Like, if this was a campy horror like a campy family movie we would see the happy ever after and it's kind of like we don't know what's going to happen we just know they finally figured it out and actively had a plan now and that's win enough for us as an audience yeah for sure i i saw some people saying her like cocking the shotgun at the end was setting up for a sequel and i didn't see that at all i saw it more as just no i wouldn't like it they're they're going to know they they know what they're going to do and they're going to be able to survive now. Yeah, I wouldn't we, like we, it. Like you said, we don't need to see them fighting these no. monsters off and teaching other people how to do it. I think it's better off unseen. For sure, 100%. Another quick question, did you did when you saw the baby with the mask and the box, did you know right away what that was all about? Yes. They showed it my... earlier in the movie too. So I, well, no. I, like, when they showed about it and assumed it, when they showed it earlier in the movie, my first thought was they were gonna kill the baby. Like they were gonna like gas it up, and then that was a coffin. Oh no! I assumed it was to muffle its noises, and that was just gonna be oxygen, so the baby didn't die. Yeah. Good to know where our brains went completely opposite direction. I was like, oh fuck, they're gonna kill this baby. But I mean, I, that would be a real dark movie. <laughs> she gives birth, and then before it happened, I figured it out. Uh, but that was my first thought. Damn, that's dark, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, dude, they opened it up with killing a two-year-old. That's true. I thought no they didn't want to like, they didn't want any more pain, and they just like put it out of its misery. Yeah. All right. Um, wrong. should we hop into our uh, reviews and ranking? Yeah. All right. Let's start with critical. Uh, I'll go first. I'll switch it up. I'm giving this a ninety-six. Whoa, that's really high. That may be higher than anything we've ever had. Yes, it's the highest I've given anything. I love this movie. I like. There's a couple of small nitpicky things like you mentioned, but in my head I can come up with reasonable explanations for it, so I don't consider them to break the movie in any way. So I, I, there's just no reason for me to not give this a huge high score. I love the direction. I love the sound design. I love all the performances, including the kids, and I normally hate kid actors. That's so high. I was going 90 for Critical. Yeah, so 93 is our... Like you said, it's a really good movie. I just, uh, I can't I can't give it 96. That's so high. Uh, yeah, I know. I, it can't, it's not going to be the highest rated Critical movie for me. I wrote down my score as 91 when I left the theater, and just the days since, I've been thinking about it, and almost every day I've raised it up another percent. That's what I did the opposite on last episode of Tomb Raider. Like, every day I thought about that movie, it got worse and worse in my head. No, this just keeps getting better, and I want to watch it again to pick up more stuff. That's It is like Get Out in that way, where, like, once 
you have the whole story, you can go back and read all the clues again. For sure. I'm, and I'm it's, they're not even clues because it wasn't like a spoiler thing. They're just like little tidbits. Mm-hmm. Just extra backstory, which Mad Max Fury Road is actually like that, where a lot of the backstory is just in the production and like design, and nobody ever like calls attention to it. Which I yeah, liked. I haven't seen that, but I heard it was good. Oh, you should. Um, yep. Popcorn rating. What are you giving it? 4.5 because there was a little lull in the in the middle area where I was like, I need the action to start now. You're like, this needs to pick up now. Yeah. Okay. I gave it a five, obviously. <laughs> I love this movie. <laughs> I, I, I understand what you're saying about that lull. Uh, so I'll settle on our like episode rating is 4.5. I just I think you needed that lull to really set up the last half or the last uh, third of the movie, because then you don't care about the characters. I agree. It just in my brain I was like, man, get going because it's hard. I mean, it's a really hard task. They did a really good job, but that like little section because there's no talking, and that, yeah. that puts me to sleep. Like. I, I fall asleep to movies that I know have a long segment of like a long montage, like a river runs through it or even like the, <laughs> some parts of Seabiscuit. And I'll put that on just as background like noise because I know there's just some moving music, no dialogue. That shit puts me to sleep right away. Nice. Once it got going, it was awesome. Like, this movie is really good. Yeah, for sure. All right. If you're going to watch it again, what are you going to drink with it? Oh. Like, uh, I'm going to drink, uh, sleep. I'm going to, what's the, what's the, what's the, um, stuff the rappers, dr- uh, purple drink where it's like lean? the sleep, yeah, lean. lean or purple drink, the sleep yeah. medicine. Shout out sleep medicine, sponsor of the pod. Robitussin. Is that what it is? Robitussin. And, uh, Z-Quil is one. Yeah. z and, uh, whiskey because that's just going to knock me out and then I'm not making any noise. Yeah. I just had – I wrote down water because I was so tense during this movie. I didn't want to open my bottle of water in the theater that, like, I was parched by the end of it. I just wanted – I chugged a bottle and a half on my way home. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up our review of A Quiet Place. If you haven't seen it, go see it. If you've seen it, go see it again. I'm very happy this movie is doing well in theaters because small independent movies like this should do well. It's a really good – I don't want it to all be Marvel movies out there. I wondered why this was released in April, which is typically a dump month for, you know, not, it's not a summer blockbuster. It's not Oscar worthy. So it goes into, you know, this time of year. Mm -hmm. I I wonder if that's because they didn't want to compete with anyone else, or maybe they thought it was going to get worse response than it did, but it definitely is released at the wrong time. This should have been a summer blockbuster. Oh, no, I think this should have been released as an Oscar contender. One or the other. I think it's a mixture, like Get Out was. Yeah, for sure. And that was dumped in February as well, I think. Right? Yeah, that was, in a, that, was dumped in a, that was in a dump month as well. It's weird. Yeah. I guess because hey, of the genre. Maybe, maybe that's just changing the, like, good movies are being released year-round now. Maybe. But the, it's still a little iffy. This is the only one right now that's really, in the wild, that we've said is really good. What about uh, that... Great movie, Tomb Raider, we just reviewed. Yeah. See, that that should be a summer blockbuster, but they knew it wasn't good enough, so they dumped yes. it early. So they moved it back. I think it yeah. did get moved up. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. But moving on, let's do our weekly recommendations. What have you been watching? So I have notes here that I forgot to read last week. Okay. Uh, when we did Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. 
But the week before that, you and Sheehan were on here doing game night, and you guys talked about Mean Girls. Mm -hmm. And you said that it still holds up, which I agree with. Mean Girls still holds up. That weekend, I was in Florida with my friend Jake and my brother, and we were just watching random movies. We watched two movies. We watched Beer Fest and Reno 911 Miami. Beer Fest does not hold up. Have you seen that recently? No. My roommates were watching it like a week ago, but I came in like in the last 30 minutes. So I was like, yeah, I'll just rewatch it another time. Me, my little brother had never seen it because he's, you know, young. He's 18. Yeah. And he was like, why are we watching this terrible movie? And then Jake and I were kind of like, oh, boy. This movie kind of sucks. And I loved Beer Fest when it came out. I loved it, too. Speaking of Beer Fest, though, Super Troopers 2. That's coming out soon, and I'm so hesitant on if it's going to be good. I keep going back and forth. I think the trailer looks Dumb and Dumber 2-esque. I think it looks oh, like I, all I, bits and The trailer and skits. convinced me it could be good. I thought it was going to be horrible, and then the trailer convinced me. But that also comes out on 420, and I feel like we might need to do a 420 special episode. <laughs> All right. And then Reno, <laughs> Reno 911 Miami holds up big time. We were laughing. My little brother, me, Jake, Does were it? fucking I don't think I've seen it up. since it came out. Dude, that movie's so good. It's just little – I mean it's it's like niche humor and kind of just so weird and wacky and dumb that it can always last, like Dumb and Dumber original one. Uh, but yeah, that holds up. So go watch Reno 911 and don't watch Beer Fest. I was very saddened by how bad Beer Fest was. Oof, that's it. Super Troopers 1 does hold up, though. I watched that a couple months ago. Yep. Nice. That's from the same guy, Broken Lizard. Yep. Okay. What's your Are you watching anything else? Or was Dude, I'm watching, I'm watching so many shows. There's so many shows out right now. I'm it's watching. So hard to keep track of things. Silicon Valley, Last Man on Earth, Billions, Trust. How is Trust? I want to watch that. I've heard it. I actually haven't watched it yet, but it's on my list. Oh, all right. I was going to start it after we recorded. Barry, The Americans, AP Bio, Atlanta. Those are all on right now. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with all those. I caught up on Atlanta this weekend. The latest episode that's focused on Darius, which is basically just a Michael Jackson-inspired thriller horror. Weird. episode which was very weird and like unsettling but i was captivated yeah i liked the episode before that barbershop a lot yes where it was just al yeah i like that one that's good uh i'll throw a sci-fi recommendation in here too i just start restarted um the expanse it's on the sci-fi channel you would hate it jimmy but yeah, anyone out there listening who likes sci-fi it's the first series where the Sci-Fi Channel decided we're going to actually put money and get good writers. Uh, it's based on a book series um, that is written by George R.R. R. Martin's uh, top editors he had for the first three books. And after they leave as his editors, you notice the quality go down. The book series is oh, great. Oh, really? Too. Yeah. His fourth and fifth books are they're good, but they're not nearly as great as the first three. And I think it's because these guys left and, like, they were calling his bad ideas. Mm, interesting. It's like when Quentin Tarantino's editor died and then his movies just were really long because she would cut out, like, 40 minutes. Yeah. Or George Lucas and his wife separated and none of his movies since then have been as good because she would edit them. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Divorces and deaths. Terrible. <laughs> Shit. All right. Well, that wraps <laughs> up this week's episode of Six Pack Cinema. 
tune in next week. We'll have another movie for you. Or, in the meantime, listen to our latest mini-episode of The Terror, Episode 3. Coming at you soon. Bye, guys. Nice. Love you. Bye.